All right, guys, I'm in James chapter 3, going to start in verse 13. We're going to read through 18, and uh, this is what James writes as he continues to talk about the need for spiritual maturity in the church. He writes, Who among you is wise and understanding? By his good conduct, he should show that his works are done in the gentleness that comes from wisdom. But if you have any bitter envy, selfish ambition in your heart, don't boast and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without pretense. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. Um, three things I want to share with you out of, out of that section this morning. And I kind of want to begin with this. And I just think it's important to have the conversation we need to have. Uh, and it's that there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. So I just kind of want to start there, right? Because uh, we're going to talk about the wisdom of the world. We're going to talk about the wisdom of God. And, and we'll get there. But before we get there, we have to talk about when we have that conversation, um, we're not... We're not talking about knowledge. There's a difference between knowledge and, and wisdom. Our, our world is constantly, uh, is constantly gaining knowledge, okay? Constantly gaining knowledge. Every day, we learn more about our surroundings. We learn more about our universe. We learn uh, more about the inner workings of, of the human body. I mean, I mean, we live in an information age, guys. We, we get more and more information every second and, and so we're constantly, the world is constantly providing us with, with knowledge, all right? Um, but there's a difference between that and wisdom. And so I, simple definitions for you this morning, super simple, because I wanted you to remember them. Here's how I would define knowledge, guys. Knowledge is, is really all about information, okay? That's the easiest way to think. But knowledge is just about information. It, it's, it, these are the two words that should spring up. Gathering and learning, right? That, that's, what, that's what knowledge is. It's about, it's about gaining, gathering, learning information. That, that's really all that knowledge is. And it's based on observation. And guys, when we say that, I mean, you've heard the term observational science. Yeah, everything we learn is based on observation. That's what it is. We, we look at stuff. We look at stuff long enough that we, we, we figure out some things. Uh, we apply those things that we figure out. And then when we, we make things using the things that we observe, then we can observe deeper things, right? Somebody, somebody looks at, at the lens of an eye and they see, oh, okay, right, that's, that's got this little bend in it. I wonder if I could do that with, with some glass. And oh, I'm going to look through it. Oh, now I can see way out in space. Or if I turn it around, I can, I can really see uh, things up close. And, and, and when we see those things, then we learn more about what we couldn't see before. And it's all observational science. And so in our world today, we've got so much observation, y'all. I mean, there, there's more than you could ever take in every day. Every day, there's more information coming in than, than you could uh, ever take in. I, I read a quote a couple weeks ago, said, we're drowning in information while we're starving for wisdom, right? Drowning in information while we're starving for wisdom. So I want you to know that our world is full of, of knowledge, Okay? It is not full of wisdom, it's full of knowledge, and that's because there's a difference. And so here's, here's how we would define wisdom very simply, is that wisdom is about how to interpret and use that information, that knowledge correctly. That's what wisdom is. 
Okay, so, so knowledge is, is the information. Wisdom is about how to interpret and use that information correctly. And it is not based on observation. Alright, ready? It's based on revelation. Right? It, it's something that's given to us. It's, it's not something that we earn. It's something that's given to us. And, and, and really, specifically, the, the wisdom that we're talking about, true wisdom, is only given by God. It, it has a source, right? Proverbs 9.10 says this, it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the beginning of it. Now, if, if that's the beginning, what does that say to you? It's where it starts, right? So, so the fear of the Lord, that's where wisdom starts. That's where it begins. That's the source from which it, it flows. And so, guys, true wisdom isn't observational based. We can't just look around and see it. It only comes from God. And that's, that's kind of where we begin, okay? So wisdom is about how to interpret all the knowledge that the world has. And, and that wisdom only comes from God. So we, we begin there. Second thing I want to share with you, though, this morning is, uh, is this, that um, there's, there's a couple types of wisdom, right? And so I want you to know that the devil offers his own version of wisdom uh, that results in drastically different fruit. All right? The devil offers his own version of wisdom that results in, in drastically uh, different fruit. And, and we find this from the very beginning of, of, of the Bible. If we go back to the book of Genesis, you guys remember uh, that, that there was nothing uh, but God. That was all that, was all that existed. And, and then God, God spoke and said, let there be light, and there was light. And, uh, and, and so God, God makes everything that we see and everything that we don't see, and He makes mankind in His own image. He forms Adam out of the dust, and He breathes into His nostrils the breath of life. And so I imagine this, this kind of man-shaped sandcastle, uh, and the Lord kind of like, just bending down and, and, and just breathing into Him the essence of life, and Adam comes to life, and it's great. And, and, uh, and God brings all the creatures before Adam and says, hey, I'm, I'm going to give you dominion. You're going to have rulership over all these things. I want you to, I want you to name them. So he's naming all these things. And, and, and you remember, but then God says in all of creation, there's one thing that's not good. He said, Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. And so he puts Adam into a deep sleep. And from his side, he takes a rib from which he creates Eve, right? And I, I just did a wedding last night. So it's like, hey, you know, she wasn't taken from his head so that she could rule over her foot that he could trample over, but from his side, be his equal. Under his arm, be protected. Near his heart, be loved. That's my little wedding spiel. You're welcome. Uh, and, uh, and, and so, yeah, that, like, and that's, that's what happens, right? And God places Adam and Eve, uh, the first couple ever to walk the face of the planet. He, he, he gives Eve to Adam. Husband and wife says, for this reason, uh, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife. They'll become one flesh. He says, be fruitful and multiply. Uh, I, I give you dominion over everything you see. And uh, except there's one rule. You ready? In, in, this, in this place that you live, where you have access to all of my blessing, there's one thing I don't want you to touch. I don't want you to touch the tree in the center of the garden, because if you touch that tree, you're going to die, right? You're going to die. And, and, and so that's, that's where the story begins, but very quickly then, uh, the devil enters the story, right? And so uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now the serpent was the most cunning of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Did God really say you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Now, of course, that's not what God said at all. 
He's, he's just wanting her to enter into a conversation with him, right? Just making her doubt, what, what did God really say? What did he say? And, and so she responds, and I, well, you know, they respond, no, no, God just said we couldn't eat from this, this one tree. And if we ate from this one tree here in the middle, we would die. And then, and then he says again in, in verse uh, 4 and 5 in Genesis 3, no. Uh, I, I like the older translation says, surely you won't. You've got to do your head like this. if you're. Surely you won't die. Right? He says, surely you won't, you won't die. You certainly won't die, the serpent said to the woman. In fact, God knows that when you eat, you eat it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. And you'll know good and evil. And I want you to see this. The devil's wisdom plays on our envious nature. The devil's wisdom always plays on our selfish ambition. Right? And so the devil comes to Adam and Eve who have everything that they need and begins to make them kind of question God. And he's saying, hey, do you think God's really given you everything that you need for life and goodness and blessing? Do you think that? Listen, I think God's holding out on you. In fact, he says, in in fact, I know God's holding out on you because really if you eat that fruit that God says you not to, the only thing that'll happen is then you'll be like God. And they go, ooh, like God. Yeah, that's something we want. And, and so, so listen, guys, the devil's wisdom is always going to play on that. It's always going to play on your desire to be in control. It's always going to play on your desire uh, to be the one that calls on the shots. It's always going to build up your ego to make you think you know better. Man, I, I know better. I know what to do. The devil's wisdom is always going to build up your pride. That's what it does all of the time. But it always results in chaos and disorder. And that's exactly what James is saying here in chapter 3, he writes in verse 14 and 15. I'll highlight them for you. But if you have bitter envy, these are results of it. Bitter envy, selfish ambition in your heart. Don't boast and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above. But that is earthly wisdom. That is unspiritual wisdom. That is, he says, demonic wisdom. All right, so I want to break those words down for you quickly, right? Again, it, it's playing off that selfish ambition, that bitter envy in our hearts, that, that prideful arrogance in us. And he says, so that's earthly. Now, Paul would tell you uh, in, in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 1, or you can go to Romans, that's foolishness, right? The, 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 the earthly kind of wisdom uh, that we look at and we go, oh, yeah, yeah, like, I, I know better. That's, that's, that's dumb because you don't, because you didn't make everything. You don't know how everything works. You don't know how it's all held together. So, so Paul would call that foolishness begins there. But he, he says it's more than that. He also says it's, it's unspiritual. Uh, the word in the Greek means it's, it's sensual. It's animalistic in nature, literally. That it's all about cravings. Man, the world's wisdom is all about satisfying what you want. That's all it is. It's just about filling up your desires. It's always going to play on what you want. Again, it's going to build up your ego. Well, I need this. I want that. I deserve that. And that's what worldly wisdom is all about. And then finally, he just flat out calls it demonic. Demonic. In, in the Greek, it, it means devilish. It, means to, it, it proceeds from evil spirits. Just let that sink in for a second. Whoa, wait a second. All that desire in me to make myself happy, right? To get what I want all the time. Man, that, that's, that's not of God. That's, it actually proceeds from uh, evil spirits. And that's a description of that earthly wisdom. But he says there's another kind of wisdom. It's, it's true wisdom. It has a source. It sources God. 
right? So true wisdom comes down from above, and, and this is what it looks like. It says, uh, this wisdom, uh, verse 17 and 18, is pure. And, and then it's, it's peace-loving, and then it's gentle, it's compliant, it is full of mercy, and it's full of good fruits. It's unwavering, it's without pretense. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who cultivate peace. And so, let's just begin there. It's, it's pure. Literally means it's pure from any carnal, fleshly, or selfish desires. Okay? If you're ever wondering to yourself, Lord, is this something you want me to do? Just ask yourself, is it pure of any fleshly, carnal, or selfish desires? It's a pretty good test of which wisdom you're listening to. Okay? It is. Right? Then he says it's peaceable. Right? The, the devil's wisdom, earthly wisdom, always causes division. And just think about that for a second, right? We, we think we're, we're wise. We're more divided people than we've ever been. More divided than we've ever been. We all think we know how to run this country, for instance, and yet we can't even have a conversation about it, right? Why? Because earthly wisdom creates division and discord. That is what it does. But the wisdom from God is peaceable, right? It's peaceable. He says it's gentle. It literally means that it's, it's fair, that it's compliant. It's, get this, ready? It's easy to live with. The wisdom of God is actually easy to live with or easy to live by. He says it's, it's full of mercy. It means it's controlled by mercy. Think about the wisdom of the world. It's not merciful. The wisdom of the world is I'm going to get what I want. It's for me. Uh, but the wisdom of God is, is actually not about giving somebody what they deserve. But it's about not doing that. It's about, hey, I, I know that that person probably doesn't deserve my time, my energy, my effort, but I'm going to love them and serve them as Christ has loved and served me. It's different, right? It's different, okay? He says it's not just full of mercy, but it's also full. Uh, it's controlled by good fruits. It's evident. He says it's unwavering. It means with, it, it's without indecisiveness, you ever find yourself, something's going on in life, and you just can't make a decision? Come on. Right? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You know what's really helpful trying to figure out what to do? Super helpful. Just saying. It's usually in there. Right? What do I do? I don't know. It's, it's right here. Right? And, and, and so I'm just telling you, it's, it's radically, the devil offers a version of wisdom, but it results in drastically different fruits. So, so there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. There's a difference between uh, earthly wisdom and true wisdom. And that kind of brings us to our last point, is that Christian maturity, Christian maturity is about consistently applying God's wisdom as we walk in the Spirit, Okay. So Christian, the whole book is about Christian maturity. And that's the purpose of the book. James looks at the church, says there's one primary problem, it's Christian maturity. And so Christian maturity is about consistently applying God's wisdom, that's the wisdom from above, as we walk in the Spirit of God. Listen, it is easy to walk in the flesh, friends. Easy, right? Right, why? Because that's who we are. We're fleshly in nature. We care about us. And so walking in the flesh, this is what it looks like in our world, full of information. We convince ourselves that we are, we're students of research. And so we Google it. We WebMD it. Uh, we observe it. We read it from all the different sources we want to. And then we make a decision, ready, that makes the most sense to us. That means that you make a decision that's best for you. That's, the, that's what you do. 
That's what I do. We, just, we decide what's best, right? And, and so here's how we decide what's best. What, what's going to give me the most pleasure? What's going to give me the most power? What's going to provide me with the most possessions? And that is typically how we make all decisions in life. What's going to make me the most happy? I've done my research. What's going to make me happy? And it's super easy to live that way, y'all. And that's why we, that's our default mode. That's why we go back to it. We don't, we don't even have to think about that. We're so selfish. And we're so self-centered. We wake up, and this is our modus of operandi every day, right? Oh, I wonder what could make me happy today. I wonder what could bring me more security today. What could I do today that would make me sleep better tomorrow that I don't have to worry about? How could I store up some possessions, store up some treasure here on earth? Like, what could I do? It's, it's super easy to do that. It's much harder to take all the information that the world possesses. Again, we live in an information age. It's much harder to take all of that information and filter it through the lens of Scripture, right? Filter it through the lens of Scripture and then by the power of the Spirit in us to live and act that out accordingly. Because it takes time to take all the information the world throws at you and to say, hey, I'm just going to I'm going to filter that. What, what, God, what do you say about this? Okay, okay, Lord, and then, and then that's going to filter. It's going to seep through. Sometimes it's a slow drip. Anybody, have, anybody do the slow drip coffee? Is that y'all? Man, God bless y'all. Y'all are really, really patient people. I'm, I'm not anymore. I, I, don't, I don't even do... We, we had the little pods, right? Uh, the little pods. And then the stupid thing had to heat up every time. And I got mad at that. I was like, the 30 seconds it takes you to heat up, I can't handle anymore. And so it's, I'm, it's, just, it's where we are, okay? I just I admit it. Sometimes this is going to take time. We're going to take all the information in the world and we're going to have to open God's Word and we're going to have to seek out. We like to study. We're going to have to study, God, what do you say about this? And it's, it's going to become this slow. We're going to be able to take it in. It's going to change our thoughts about it. We're going to pray on it. The Holy Spirit's going to say, and now here's how you act. And it's so much harder to do that. But that's exactly what we're called to do. Romans 12 2 says this. It says, don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you'll be able to discern what the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God is. Ultimately, that's what we want to live out. And so, uh, ready? Don't be conformed to this age. And what does that mean? It means that this age, uh, that age that Jesus lived in, uh, especially that culture, was all about like discovering new things. So they thought themselves, they thought they lived in the information age. They didn't know the internet was coming, okay? So, so like we now really live in the information age, and then, and then you know, 100 years from now, somebody's going to be like, you thought you had it, buddy. I mean, it's just now implanted in your brain or something. I don't know where we're going. But, but like, like, listen... In, we, we have all this information. And, and so God's Word says, yeah, but don't be conformed to information. Okay? You've got to take the information, and then you've got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What's the renewing? How are our minds re renewed? Ready? Uh, you take all the information constantly flashing in your eyes that you're constantly listening to, and you hit pause for a second, and you open the Bible. And you read. And you pray. And God speaks. And in that process, y'all, when we hit the pause button and we go to our Father who is in heaven, who we have access to, and in, in that process, 
God does something in our spirit that we desperately need, and he renews the way that our mind was thinking. Because when you take in all the information, anybody ever notice this? When you take in a lot of information, you start to think, you start to think the way that whoever wrote that paper thinks. Amen? Anybody else? Right? You're watching a show. Okay, come on. Let's be, how many of you like murder mysteries? Like you like the murder documentary things? Anybody in here? Y'all like that, right? And you think everyone's out to kill you now, don't you? Right? That's how it works. We all look, oh, I love these murder missions. And then you look at your spouse late at night and go, I wonder if she has plans. Hmm. Just makes you nervous. Did I, maybe I should change the lock on the gun safe. Um, it's, it's, it's the way it works. We can't help. When, when we take in too much information, so much information, we can't help but be changed by it. Okay? There's an old saying, garbage in, garbage out. Uh, we take in a lot of garbage because we don't have a great filtration process. And so when we take it in, something has to happen. So we've got to be renewed. We've got to be transformed by our our minds. Another way to put it, Paul writes in Philippians 4. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, uh, here's what you do. Ready? Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if anything's of moral excellence, and if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things, right? So, so he's like, here, here it is, two-step plan, ready? Uh, you need to stop thinking about all that. You've got you take in the information, take in all the knowledge, but then you've got to start thinking about better stuff. You've got to start thinking about God's stuff. You've got you to start fixating yourself. Okay, but what would God want? But what does God say? But what does His Word say? What promise can I cling to? And so when I start thinking about what is pure and what is right and what is lovely, what is admirable, what is excellent and praiseworthy, something happens in me. This is this renewing of my mind. And then he has one other thing. Ready? It's the very next uh, word there. He says, do. Right? Then do what you have learned and received and heard from me. So he's like, hey, so you got to think about the things of God. Ready? And then you got to do them. you got to practice them. And that's what we're saying. Christian maturity is about consistently applying the Word uh, or, or God's wisdom as we walk in the Spirit. So it's about doing uh, what God's Word tells us to do. Right? Um, so we, we're interpreting the knowledge of the world through the lens of Scripture and then we're acting on it. We're acting like the people God calls us to do. So uh, what do we do with that? All right, I've got to wrap up and get you guys to uh, discipleship classes. So uh, here we go. Number one, uh, if you haven't, uh, you need to receive Christ. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's the source. It's where it begins, right? Um, so you might, you, you might have knowledge, and you may have great knowledge, uh, but you may have knowledge that doesn't mean you're smart. Doesn't mean you're wise. I mean, you, you may be smart, but you're not wise. You, you don't know how to apply it. Uh, some of us have, have siblings, people in our life, you know, that are, anybody knows somebody that's really, really smart, but they have no common knowledge about how life works or anything like that. Like you have some people, right? And that's what Scripture is saying, basically, is like, hey, you, you can have all kinds of information and knowledge, but not have no idea how to apply it what it means uh, when it comes to what life is really all about. So there is a place to get that, and it all begins with a relationship with God. God is the source of all knowledge. All true wisdom, all true wisdom, I should say God is the source of all wisdom. Uh, All true wisdom comes from on high. It comes from above. It comes from God. And so it begins with a relationship with God. And how do we have a relationship with God? Uh, The Bible says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Uh, now, that, that, that has some implication to it. Uh, it. It means that we're willing to uh, admit some things. We're willing to come before God, say, God, I need saving. 
All right, that means I, I recognize I have a problem. Um, the Bible says that we've all sinned, fallen short of God's glory. And so we, we recognize that, God, I've, I've got a problem. I need help. I need you to save me. We cry out to him, say, God, would you save me? Would you come into my life and change me? And the Bible says anyone who prays that prayer and means it, God answers that prayer. So that's where it begins, by receiving Jesus Christ, uh, the Savior of the world. Uh, second, um, it, we, we, we turn and, and we study and apply Scripture. Okay, so it, it, it begins with a relationship with God. When we have a relationship with God, guess what? This Bible comes alive. It changes. Uh, maybe you've read the Bible your whole life, but you've never had a relationship with Jesus. It will change the moment that you ask Jesus to be in control of your life. It just does. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, this Word of God comes alive. It just does. It speaks to you in ways that's it, really hard to put into words. Right? All of a sudden, it's speaking to something deep inside of you that you didn't even know was there. And so we're going to study Scripture. That's going to become our filtration process. Okay? So knowledge, I've got a relationship with God now. That's, that's the source of wisdom. And now God has given me wisdom in His Word. And now, now the Holy Spirit lives in me. I have the ability to understand the Bible. It's going to come to life in new ways. And so I've got to study it and know what it says. Lastly... Uh, we need to pray and we need to ask for it. These are three ways we get wisdom. Relationship with God, studying God's word, and then uh, through prayer, right? Through prayer. James 1.5, the beginning of the book, we read it, uh, week one of the series says, Now if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. It is a promise, y'all. It's a promise. Um, this is one of the things, uh, I, I've shared this with you, this is one of my prayers on a, on a regular basis, is Lord, grant me wisdom today. Um, when you realize how much wisdom you lack, you'll begin to ask for it on a regular basis, and you'll see God step in and fulfill that role. And y'all, this is what we need, okay? Huge part of spiritual maturity, and James is just, just section after section after section. He's, our, he's already looked at the church and said, here's the biggest problem in your life. You've got to grow up in Jesus, right? You've got to grow up in Jesus. Huge part of growing up in Jesus is understanding how to apply all the knowledge that we take in, all right? And the only way we can do that is through the Word of God. We need God's help. God, grant me wisdom today to do all that you want me to do, to be the kind of person you want me to be. So that's what we're going to pray right now. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me. Let's pray for that wisdom together. Um, Father, uh, this morning we come before you asking God for wisdom. We, we pray that you would grant it to us. That, that's a promise of your word that anyone who lacks it can ask and you're going to give generously without finding fault. God, help us understand your word. Lord, if there's anyone here that has uh, been struggling on how to apply the Bible in their life, I pray that you would grant them such wisdom that it comes to life for them and, and they see how to put it into practice. God, let us be those people that do that, that put your word into practice. And through that, Father, we pray that you would change our lives and you change the lives of those around us, including the lives of our neighbors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.